from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Like, I wish she hadn't died. Well, yeah. I wish she hadn't caught COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It could have been prevented. It would have extended her life. I just got my first shot an hour ago. Awesome. So and congratulations. Relieved. Thank you. I just start crying and crying. And then when someone says, I don't want to vaccinate my kid because I think it'll hurt my kid, that's, again, I have to check in with my own emotions here. Pull back and say, you know, this isn't about me. This person has questions, they love their child, they're scared, and I need to find out what's going on. I'm Sarah Fenske. Just 38% of Missouri residents are fully vaccinated, and in some communities, that percentage dips even lower. That's in sharp contrast to the vaccination rate in states like Vermont, which leads the nation with 65% of residents fully inoculated. On Thursday's show, we'll discuss the dangers of low vaccination rates in light of the spreading Delta variant. Our guest will be Dr. Alex Garza of the Metropolitan Pandemic Task Force. But today, we're talking to one of the many physicians on the ground here in St. Louis, doing their best to work through misinformation and change people's minds on vaccines one patient at a time. Dr. Kenneth Haller is a SLU care pediatrician at SSM Health Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital, and he joins us today. So Dr. Haller, welcome. Sarah, it's my pleasure. So you wrote a lovely and lengthy Facebook post last (laughs) Friday. You called it Getting to Yes, COVID Vaccine Edition. And and you wrote about some parents in this post. These are parents with a five-day-old baby. Right. What brought them to you? Well, uh, generally after people have their baby and they leave the hospital, we want to see them within 24 to 48 hours. So they came to my office. I hadn't seen them in the hospital. And so we just make sure they're doing okay, feeding, peeing, pooping, that all the plumbing is working, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so then, uh, and so that was the first visit. And then I started giving them a roadmap for where we'd be going from there. That we haven't come back in a week to make sure the baby's gaining weight and a month for a full checkup. And then a two months to start vaccines. And that's when the father was a little bit like, Vaccines? What mm-hmm. vaccines? You sense sort of a thrum of anxiety right there. Yeah, 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 a little bit. He was, and and I said, uh, 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 he said, he said, what vaccines? I said, well, you know, the, the vaccines we give to every baby at two months of age to protect against things like whooping cough and diphtheria and polio. And he said, uh, you know, you're not going to give them that COVID vaccine, are you? I said, no, 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 she's too young for that. I uh, said, so, well, you know, because I don't know about that COVID vaccine. So that, then we got into a discussion of this. And, and I feel like a lot of pediatricians might have just moved on from that point. You didn't need to give the baby the vaccine. No babies right. can get this vaccine. Right. But you kind of lingered on that moment. Yeah, yeah. Because the thing is, with, when it comes to newborn babies, they, they really can't be vaccinated against things until they're about two months old for the, for the most part. And so we want to create a, uh, a, a sort of a zone of immunity around them and help parents and other people in the home to be vaccinated against things so they don't bring those things home to the baby. So we talked about that a little bit, and I asked if, if he had been vaccinated against COVID, and he said, uh, do you know, even know what's in that thing? And I said, well, yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> yeah, and you do. <laughs> and I do, I do. I, I've, and he said, well, aren't you scared of it? And I said, well, I'm scared, but what I'm scared of is COVID. Mm-hmm. I'm not scared of the vaccine. Uh, I mean, I've, I've I've taken care of people who've gotten sick with this. I I know people who've died of it. And he said, really? I said, yeah, yeah, this thing is really bad. And he said, well, it came on so quick. I said, you know, it is a little little scary. This shows me how much you love your kid. And I think this is the key point. 
most people really just want information. And when they're making a statement like, you know, I don't want to vaccinate my kid, they're, it's not necessarily because uh, they want to start a fight. Um, and they're not even they're not even making a factual statement. They're making an emotional statement. Mm-hmm. And their statement is, I love my kid, and I've heard scary stuff, and I need to have reassurance about this. Mm-hmm. So now the thing is that when someone says, I don't want to vaccinate my kid, as a doctor, I have an emotional response too. And I think this is a problem you know, for a lot of us doctors, is we think of ourselves as creatures of mind and creatures of fact and creatures of science, and we are. But we also have this little amygdala, this little lizard brain in there, and we react against it too. So when someone says, I don't want to vaccinate my kid because I think it'll hurt my kid, that's, I, I might react by saying, uh, well, you know, vaccines are safe and effective. There are plenty of studies to show that. If you were, if you were a good parent, you'd do that. Yeah, get with the program. Yeah, get with the program. And those are all good factual statements. But from a communication standpoint, that's awful. And that comes from my own, you know, the own, my own threat, the, the threat to my own self-image as a good person and a kind person and a smart person. So one of the things that I know as a doctor I have to do, and I've, over years of trial and error, is just to pull back and say, you know, this isn't about me. This person has questions, they love their child, they're scared, and I need to find out what's going on. So we had a conversation about COVID vaccines and, you know, how long they've been in development and, and you know, that this is something that's, uh, there's been research on this for 10 years. And, uh, and, and finally, he, 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 came, he came around and said, he said, do you give those shots in the office? Do you give those shots here? And I said, well, I wish we did. We don't have them yet, but you can get them at pretty much any drugstore. And he started Googling and he found a place to get it. And so he was going to go get this COVID-19 shot. Right, right, that day. Yeah. I mean, that had to have felt like this is a small victory. Right, right. I felt like, hey, today I get the toaster oven. So. <laughs> <laughs> is that an anomaly in your experience that you can get that parent to a yes? Well, um, not really, not really. And I, I, I will say that it does, you know, it, it takes a lot of, it does, does take a lot of energy because it's something that, um, again, I have to check in with my own emotions here. I have to check in with, you know, is this a statement that I feel threatened by? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, no matter what our role is at any given time, whether it's doctor or radio host or whatever, in our role, we can feel threatened in that role and react emotionally. And I think that's what a lot of doctors do. Because I've heard doctors say things like, uh, well, if you loved your kid, you can have vaccinated, which I, yeah, I don't ever use that conditional phrase that if you love your kid. Yeah. The it, way it's I, a very rare freakish person who right, does not love their own right, child. Right. The, 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 way, the way I state it is, I know you love your kid. I know you want the best for your kid. I want the same thing. That's why I hope you'll get your kid vaccinated. And that's where we can kind of start to get to yes on this on this sort of thing. You finished your Facebook post with just, this is just such a lovely um, oh. little essay that you. that you put up on Facebook. People love their kids, you wrote. They want them to be healthy. And if I can show that I recognize and affirm that and that I am here to help them achieve that goal, we can find common ground that works for everybody. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's something that can also apply to all of us? as we're out there in the public. I think so. I think so. And, and, and you know, over the past year, uh, you know, you've been here. Again, this is the first time we're actually meeting in person uh, because of everything that's gone on. And, and I think that those of us in the medical community and in the public health community, we've been very, uh, uh, you know, very single-minded about putting out the importance of doing the things we need to do to keep from getting infected. But I think sometimes we haven't really listened. Mm. We haven't really listened to people saying, this hurts. 
It hurts not to be in people's presence. It hurts not to see my grandmother. It hurts not to have uh, to, to be able to just go to a coffee shop and not worry about it. It hurts. Our response has often been, well, the most important thing is for you to stay alive. Now, that is the most important thing. But I think we would have done a better job if we had said, yeah, it does hurt. It does hurt. I know it hurts. It hurts me too. I would love to be able to go to dinner and a movie without even thinking about it. And, and, and I, I hope that someday we will. And the only way we're going to get to do that is if we can t- take the time right now to put on our mask, to keep our physical distance, to wash our hands, and get our vaccine. And I think that message is a lot more it's, it, 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 it creates a space where if we can be vulnerable in presenting that message, then that allows people to be vulnerable and say, okay, maybe I can, maybe I can take the chance of doing this. If you're listening to our conversation here today with Dr. Kenneth Haller, um, we're curious if you've tried to talk to a loved one about vaccines. Mm-hmm. What worked for you? You can call us at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air. Um, again, that's 314-382-TALK. We got a tweet from Megan. She writes, I know that we are not going to go back to any sort of shutdown, but can we go back to mask mandates indoors, even if vaccinated, until the vaccine is available for all ages and accept accessible to all. This is the least folks can do. It seems like masking almost has a problem here in the same way vaccines mm-hmm. have a problem. Mm-hmm. People frankly feel like they were kind of being shoved down their throat. It became right. very political. Right, right. It, it did become very political. And I don't want to get into where it became political from. But once it became political, everyone made it political. And I Both I, sides. Both sides did. And I, and I, w- I would say uh, <laughs> that even in my own case, there have been times where perhaps on social media, I might might have gotten a little bit annoyed by people. Um, and and that's 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 normal. But I think we also have to recognize what's my what's my stuff and what's someone else's stuff. I can completely understand not wanting to wear a mask. Um, I will sometimes do that for ten hours a day. And the thing is, I mean, there's part of me even when I go into my office and I'm there for eight or ten hours, and I've been vaccinated for five months. And I'm thinking, why do I have to wear this thing? Well, I have to wear it because I want to give the message that I care about what's going on with my patients. I'm hoping that someday, if everyone gets vaccinated, uh, that that we will be able to get rid of them. I will also say that there, you know, that there have been some upsides with masks. Maybe we could learn something. We had practically no flu season this year. We had almost no kids in the hospital with flu, and deaths deaths from flu fell dramatically, not nearly enough to offset what happened with COVID. But maybe we should start thinking more in the winter, especially when we go to the store or something about wearing a mask. In, in some settings, to, these, yeah. these do make sense, yeah, even yeah. beyond COVID. Yeah. Some yeah. settings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there's some settings. And we are in a weird transition place now where, you know, those of us uh, who are vaccinated, I mean, I just went to Schnucks and there were some aisles where no one was wearing a mask and some aisles where everyone was wearing a mask. So there were some aisles in frozen foods I wore my mask. <laughs> And in the cereal aisle, I took it off because I didn't want to stick out like a sore thumb. So I think that, that you know, even for those of us in medicine, it's a little bit of a – we're all going through a transition right now. And I think we have to be gentle with each other about that. Uh, I mean, I, I, I again, I can – I can get exasperated very easily by someone ahead of me when the light turns green and they're on their phone. (laughs) Tell me about it. Yes, yes, yes. So I know it's about exasperation, but I also have to recognize what's my stuff. And and here there is so much that that I think by just letting ourselves be vulnerable and generous to other people, and that can open a space for them to do the same for us. 
I want to go to the phone lines sure. here. Um, Anne is calling from Kirkwood. And we want to mention, um, if you're an avid listener of this program, you may recall that Anne does the narration for our annual Charles Dickens A Christmas Carol. This is a beloved program. Oh, okay. A lot of Anne fans out there. Um, <laughs> Anne, hi. You're on St. Louis on the Air. Uh, hi. Hey, so what I want to tell all my fans, four people who haven't heard me, is I just got my first shot an hour ago. Awesome. So and congratulations. Relieved. Thank you. I just start crying and crying, and the nurses told me that's a reaction they've seen a lot because yeah. people are so relieved. And my thing was I was just afraid of needles and shots, but I finally mm-hmm. just did it. So, mm-hmm. Anne, you were a little bit hesitant when, and you know, for your specific needle reasons. What got you over that hump to getting that needle in your arm? Well, because I want to be able to recite um, a Christmas carol in a small building at the Daniel Boone <laughs> home in December, and I'm doing Edgar Allan Poe programs all during October, which are going to be indoors with audiences, and I want to be safe. So, and, and these, these companies or, or businesses saying, hey, you can only do this if you're fully vaccinated, that kind of worked for you right no, there. No, they haven't told me I had to be. I just thought, wait a minute, I don't want to risk getting sick, mm-hmm. because I love mm-hmm. reciting if my lungs were infected or damaged in some way, I wouldn't be able to recite like the Declaration of Independence this um, coming weekend for the National Park Service and the Arch. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to be performing Edgar Allan Poe if my lungs are damaged. Well, Anne, we're, we're so glad that you're thinking ahead. We want you back for a Christmas carol, of course, yeah. and, and so I'm so glad you got so that I, shot. Just, Congratulations. Go get a shot. Go get yeah. a shot. Go get a no shot. Big deal. I want to actually go back to the phone lines. Okay. Uh, Sandy is calling from St. Louis. Um, Sandy, hi. You're on St. Louis on the air. Hi. Hi, how are you? Hi, thanks for joining us. Uh, what, what's your story? Well, my mom had, um, she was in the beginning of her end stages of mm. dementia, mm. and she was living with my sister and her family, and they do not believe in masks or the vaccines. So she mm. ended up catching COVID, oh, was dear. in the hospital for five weeks. She came home and within and she came home with hospice and then within three days had passed away. Oh, oh Sandy, I'm so sorry. Yeah. So you're oh, calling in with this story and I appreciate you doing that today. What are you hoping well, for, for people who listen to this? It's the sadness of we all miss our mom and that's, that is what it is. But at the other side of the coin, it's like, I wish she hadn't died. Well, yeah. I wish she hadn't caught COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It could have been prevented. It would have extended her life. Mm-hmm. but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, Sandy, thank you so much for, for sharing that story. I really appreciate this. And, and Dr. Haller, I feel like that hits mm-hmm. home the stakes right there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I think both Sandy and Ann, you know, they're, your, your story is what you're, what you're saying, is we have to find out what is important to people. You know, when, when it comes to vaccination, what is important to you? There have been some studies, uh, some some surveys that show that what's really important to people is their family. And unfortunately, uh, you know, Sandy, I think in your case, this might have been uh, whatever, early enough that uh, people were still having problems with this. But, but I think that we have to really say to people when it comes to the COVID vaccine, what is important to you? In Anne's case, it was being able to recite uh, at all these things and being able to go places without f- fear of getting sick herself or getting someone else sick. And so that's important. I'd also say with Anne, one of the things she brings up since she does narration and and because uh, I'm, I'm an actor too, a lot of the stuff I learned, I learned as an actor in improvisation, which is the yes and response. So when some, someone says something to me, my response becomes a form of yes and. So when someone says, I'm scared about this vaccine, I can say, yes, it's scary. And here's what I can add to that. Here's what I can tell you. Mm-hmm. So I think if we remember that in our daily lives and in 
in these interactions, I think that'll help us. Hmm, that's some great advice there. And I hope that if people are listening to this, they take some hope in this. I feel like, uh, Dr. Haller, your idea of just being generous mm-hmm. towards each other, I feel like that's where we can maybe find the breakthrough right. that feels like is all too uncommon these right, days. Right, right. It's so, it's so common on, <laughs> I mean, again, on social media to dehumanize people who think differently from you. Like, what's the matter with you? How can a human being think like that? Well, human beings think in a lot of different ways. And, and my task, I know in my office, is to say, tell me exactly what your, what your thought is. What, is. what are you afraid of? What are the things you've heard? Because then I can actually say, oh, yeah, I've heard that too. Mm. And, and yes, I've heard, it's very scary. I mean, people live in very different media ecosystems. And they hear a lot of different things and read a lot of different things and put credence in it. And the important thing for me when I'm talking to a patient is not the factual basis of what people are saying, because that may be completely bogus, but their emotion is real and their emotion is valid. And if I can validate that emotion and work with that, then we can start to move someplace. Well, Dr. Kenneth Haller, that is some great advice. Um, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.